Welcome to Faith City Outreach, where your host, Marina Maria, reaches out to the world to discuss Christian topics and providing biblical solutions, as well as praying for the nations. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The music in this broadcast is provided courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Now, here is your host, Marina Maria. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Dr. Kathy Smates from Ahwatukee, Arizona. Dr. Kathy is an ordained minister and a pastor at Intimacy with Jesus Church in Scottsdale, Arizona. She is called to evangelize and preach the gospel. She moves through prophetic song, preaching, intercession, and personal words. Thank you so much, Dr. Kathy, for being on Faith City Outreach today to discuss the topic of offense, which can come in many different forms and crash into our lives unexpectedly. A casual conversation can suddenly turn into a hurtful event, leaving us confused and upset. But there is hope in resolving this with biblical truth and principles. And that's what we're going to discuss today. Yes. It's so nice to be here with you today, Marina. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for coming. Dr. Kathy, please share your salvation story so that our listeners can know more about you. I became interested when I was a young girl in what was truth. I really don't know why, but I was just pulled into wondering what was right because people talked about so many different things. And there was lots of different religions. And when I was about 12 years old, our family moved into a small town that uh, was predominantly uh, Mormon. And they talked about being the true church. And I met these other people too that were in different sects and different denominations. And they all said they had the truth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was 12 and I was confused by that. Sure. I thought, what does it mean? I mean, what is truth? What is truth? And so I started investigating. I went to the library, and I would read about different religions, and um, I asked a lot of different questions. And so I was kind of this little seeker, (laughs) like this little 12-year-old girl, saying, what is right? Who is right? And, and, uh, I, you know, so I was, I think in my way at that point, just praying, God, you know, I believe there's a God. I believe there's something to this, but who are you? You know, show me, show yourself to me. And there was a couple things that happened where my uh, family kind of went to church off and on. And I went to some youth things and, and uh, there was this coach there that he was a Christian and he was a born-again Christian. And he said, if you want to know who God is, ask him to show himself to you. So I remember doing that. And then I don't remember thinking about it much more. But in about two years after that, I was uh, we were attending a church. I think it was a Methodist church at the time. My parents kind of moved us around, and we tried different things. And, and uh, uh, this missionary from New Orleans came to our church. And he was going from church to church, 
speaking in a really what seemed really dramatic way about Jesus. And he was really kind of in your face, like, you know, you need to decide who Jesus is. And, and uh, I found him kind of off-putting, and I wasn't always very comfortable around him. But I guess um, I was in this group, and one day we were singing, and he overheard me uh, singing, and he asked me if I would sing with him on Easter morning, if I would go to these services and, and sing with him. And so that sounded like fun. I was, uh, I think I was just 14 when this happened. And someone else went with us. I forget, I don't even remember who went with us. There were three of us in this truck. I remember that. Because they came and got me at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> we started singing at different services. We sang at sunrise services outside. We sang at just all these different places. And every place this man, his name was Jerry, would give the gospel message. And he'd say, we need to receive Christ. You need to ask him into your life. And every time I think about it and say, well, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm quite ready. But by the end of the day, <laughs> the last time he gave the message, I just felt like, okay, I'm gonna try this. I'm just gonna ask Jesus in, into my heart. And, and, and to live in my life, to be part of my life. And something happened. <laughs> it, it's like this weight just like came off of me. And I, I didn't understand it, but I felt really, really good. And we kept singing this song, uh, Oh, Happy Day. Mm. <laughs> and I felt that. It felt like a really, really happy day. What a perfect song. I know, wasn't it? <laughs> For and, the perfect moment. And it was really, really interesting. But I have to say that after that, I still really didn't understand what happened. I was kind of confused. Um, I had a lot of friends that were involved, you know, in the other religions. And it pulled at me, just pulled at me. But as I went along, I started to, like, recognize when something wasn't quite right. And I didn't even know how I would know that. And, and uh, sometimes I'd see things in the Bible and I'd think, well, that just doesn't seem quite right. And uh, I came to see that some of these other religions weren't quite in the right place. And uh, then my mom got involved with some Pentecostals. And they were just like the scariest people on the face of the earth to me at that mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. They were such radical Christians, you know, they'd raise their hands. Oh my gosh, I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> people would dance and they'd worship and they looked so enthusiastic. And I thought, man, I don't have that. Whatever that is, I don't quite have that. And I don't even know if I want to have that. <laughs> it was just intimidating to me but the pastor of that church uh, we moved from there back to Scottsdale when I was in high school and she prophesied over me and she said you know those gifts of the spirit that you see at our services and I'm thinking um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and she said you're gonna move in all of those in your life and and I just thought Oh, great. 
Did you say anything to her? I didn't. I just looked at her. I think my eyes probably almost popped out of my head. (laughs) Um, Because that's the first time I had ever probably heard a personal prophecy. Mm -hmm. And, um, And it was for me. And that just made me feel really on the spot. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the Lord helped me with all that in the years after that. Who impacted you the most in your spiritual walk when you were saved? It, Did you have a mentor? Did you have a friend? Was it a pastor, leader, anybody? It just seems like there were a lot okay. of people that I was drawn to. I, I'm a real reader. I'm a speed reader, and I read everything. But I all always. Then my parents got more involved in church when we came back to Scottsdale. And it became a regular thing that they were doing. And the pastor there, the associate pastor, became a really good friend of mine. And, and I went to his youth meetings. And it, I have to say that that, at that time, really changed my life. And most of my friends became church friends. Um, and it always gave me some security because the world is, it can be a scary place. You're in school, people want you to do things, they want you to go places. And the church kind of gave me a real security, like, I have these friends, you know, they're believers, we're kind of on the same path. And something in that kind of secured me a lot at that time. And But the thing that I noticed was people that would talk about the Holy Spirit and gifts of the Holy Spirit, those people were interesting to me. Now, now the religion I was in at the time, or the denomination, it didn't really move in the gifts of the Spirit that much. They would teach about them or talk about them, but nobody really knew what to do <laughs> or what it even meant. Mm-hmm. You know, what does it mean? And... Um, I used to read my Bible a lot. I fasted and prayed, even when I was a young girl. And uh, I was really drawn to that scripture that says desire that you might prophesy. And so I'm asking my pastor, what is that? And he was like, well, nobody really knows. (laughs) (laughs) So when did you know? When did you find out Um, about the spiritual gifts? Pretty much more in my 20s. Just kind of a series of events, you know, happened. Someone came to that church that was very spirit-filled, and I worked with him in the youth meetings and then in the college career meetings, and we kind of co-ministered, and I was learning about the gifts from him. And you didn't feel com- uncomfortable anymore? No, I didn't feel so much uncomfortable, and I also, I had asked the Lord to baptize me in the Holy Spirit, but I didn't speak in tongues for like five years. I asked him, but um, someone else kind of led me into being able to receive my prayer language. And a lot of things changed at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And, and I got married. The Lord brought me my husband. And he was really interested in the move of the Holy Spirit. And he had been raised an atheist. So he was like totally wanted everything of the Lord. And he was like, I think we need to learn how to move in the gifts. And I was like, well, how do we do that? You so know, he kind of helped that? you yeah, he start was, off? Yeah, he was instrumental because I had been raised so conservative. I, I was kind of like happy to stay where I was at. But <laughs> he was always like, let's find out. Let's, let's keep exploring. And I'm like, 
are you sure? You know, <laughs> I'm more that kind. I'm a very cautious person. Mm-hmm. So I was like trying to test everything out. But there's a lot of things about the spirit they can't really test out. You just got to kind of jump in. And and that's not my inclination. I'm not like a... I am now. I'm kind of like very open. Mm-hmm. But when I started out, I was not open. And right. I was very shy. was very quiet. I got kicked to the front of the room all the time because I could sing and people wanted me to sing for things. And it was terrifying for me. I attended big churches. They wanted me to sing mm-hmm. in front of 10,000 people. You know, I was sang on TV. And, and a lot of that was uncomfortable because I had really deep uh, fears. And I had had some bad incidences in my childhood. And some of those things kind of came to the surface. You know, when I was trying to move in the gifts, and then I just run into this wall of fear. So I was like, oof. So when did the Lord um, deliver you from that? It seems like to me, for me, it was kind of a pretty extreme process. Uh-huh. But I'd, I'd like to say, okay, on this date, I just... <laughs> overcame fear and I never had any trouble again <laughs> but was did it take a long time it was it took several years okay. of, of me I fast and pray I was studying the word I was asking the Lord to help me and he brought many different ministers that ministered to me through the Holy Spirit and saw things even from my childhood and prayed things you know to break off some of the uh, fear that had come into my life because of some things, bad things that had happened to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember I was going to sing at a big event at one of the biggest churches in Phoenix. And I, I was just in this battle. I just felt anxious about it. It was a huge number. The orchestra was singing backup for me. I had the choir was backup for, for my solo. It was a lo- I felt a lot of pressure in it. But you did sing, right? Yes. But it, but it's really interesting because I'm going into it and I'm upset because I feel pressure. I'm afraid. And in the weeks going into it, I was really like, Lord, I'm really asking you to just really break this thing off of me that happens mm-hmm. when I'm given these opportunities and then I'm just so intimidated. Mm-hmm. And I can't be myself, you know, and I don't feel the confidence of Christ that I usually would. It just like was like a, you know, the tip of the spear. Sometimes we run into our own wounds when we go to do the things of God. And this is what was happening to me. I'd be like, fine, an opportunity would present itself to me, and then I'd just be so overwhelmed. And I didn't really understand what was all going on. But the Lord orchestrated a great healing for me in the midst of it. And uh, going into with that experience, uh, actually with many, but something very supernatural happened that changed for me at that point, because all along I'm I'm having these, uh, I'm getting ministry. I was the person that got ministry. I'd say, I need you to pray for me. I've got this thing. I don't know how to overcome it. Uh, Will you help me? You know, (laughs) will you help me? And God just. He just sent me people that were just really merciful and kind. They didn't expose me. They didn't, you know, say, wow, that's really spectacular. Let's tell everybody. Thank God nobody did. And um, so I'm going into this situation, and this woman calls me up. I don't know her very well, but she calls me up. She goes, I was praying for you, and I had this vision of something that happened to you. 
I saw this man pick you up and dangle you over the edge of a precipice. And uh, mm -hmm. she goes, I really don't understand it. And I said, well, I do. <laughs> because it happened to me when I was five years old. Uh, one of my grandparents uh, dangled me over the side of a, of a, it was like a four-story building and said, if you aren't a good girl, I'll drop you. And my, one of my other sisters was there at the time. And she said that's the most terrifying event in her life. And it was very terrifying for me, too. And then I I'm had a sure. similar thing happen like that when I was eight years old at Niagara Falls. My dad, just fooling around, picked me up and said, I'm going to throw you in. And um, if you're not a good girl, I'm going to throw you in. And so I had this message said to me, you know, at, at many, many times. And so this girl prayed for me. And I felt something like kind of, just kind of leave. I, I can't really describe it any better than that. Mm -hmm. And so I go to do this song, and uh, lots of people were praying for me. And I'm, I'm going to step up there, and my husband told me this story later. He said, so you get up there on stage, and he said, I saw this entity come towards you. And, and uh he said, I asked the Lord, what is that? And, and the Lord said, it's controlling fear that wants to control your wife and her ministry. And he took authority over it. And, yeah. and uh, so I don't even know this is going on, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just up there to sing. But I felt a tremendous freedom. I just like walked into the song. I did it. <laughs> it was it was good. I did well. My my uh, uh, the choir director told me afterwards. He said he goes. I was so scared. He was scared too, because it was just this huge number that we mm -hmm. were kind of bit off maybe more than we could chew. But we did it. The Lord helped us do it. You're victorious. And I was victorious. In yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I had two things like that happen right at that time. I, uh, my husband felt like we were supposed to go on a cruise. I mean, some of you people wish you would have had my husband. He was praying about what to do, and the Lord told him, take your wife on a cruise. So <laughs> I go on a cruise, and before I do that, I'm at a ladies' big event, bunch of prophetic things. We did all this kind of ministry. It was really great. And this woman prophesied to me, and she said, You're gonna, God's going to ask you to do something you wouldn't usually do, but you need to do it. So I was like, Okay. You know, so my mind's full of all kinds of things. And uh, so I get on the cruise ship, and the, one of the first things, I'm signing up for some things, and and uh, there's this book that says, uh, uh, Talent Show. <laughs> and uh, I've never signed up ever for a talent show. I've never been in a talent show. Uh, and the Lord said, I want you to sign up for this talent show. <laughs> Wow. So you did. So I did. Terrified. I was terrified by the time it was my time to do it. But uh, what they ended up doing was um, the climax of the show ended up being me and what I, what I was doing. And, wow. and so I sang this song called The Anchor Holds. And everybody got up on their feet and started praising God after it happened. And the church, at the church, I was going to say church, the cruise ship went crazy. Wow. And, and this guy that I had been ministering to during the whole time we had this special relationship, he, 
he got saved because I sang. Oh, and wow. and uh, many other people did too. It was it was incredible. But again, I felt so terrified. But my husband would just pray, and and I'd be okay, and I'd go do it. <laughs> what a wonderful husband! What a godly Isn't husband! Isn't that amazing? Yes, I'm so blessed with and him. And so some of those things were breakthroughs. Amen. You know, out of fear. Good. Amen. What an encouraging story. Or testimony, I should say. Oh, I'm glad because I know we got a little bit off what we were going to talk about. No problem. But my, I was wondering, what has God revealed to you, Dr. Um, Kathy, about today's topic of offense? I know it's a very delicate topic, um, which you had mentioned, too, that it can come in many different forms. And so um, I just want to hear your heart. What has God been telling you about it? I think he really wants to help us, okay. you know, with this area. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes uh, when we've been offended, and I was offended as a child, I was um, physically and sexually assaulted, mm-hmm. and I didn't even really think about it much. I have to say, I kind of repressed all of that, and uh, it wasn't really in my thoughts. But when the Holy Spirit was ministering to me and really working in me in my 20s, it was I kept running into these things Mm -hmm. and I was forgiving I thought I was forgiving uh the people so you said you thought yeah I I think that I felt like I had taken care of it but you didn't right but I don't think I did because I kept running into remnants of it and when the Lord would kind of want to pull me out Mm -hmm. and have me speak or or do something more public I would just be so afraid I would become so afraid. And I didn't like focus put on me. I didn't like people noticing me. Mm-hmm. In some ways, I still don't. It can be difficult for me. But um, it's because if any focus was put on you when I was young, I'd get in trouble. Something bad would happen. And so I kind of learned how to be invisible and kind of uh, slip around places and get out of things. And and uh, But the Holy Spirit sometimes has you face things sure and and i i had to face a lot of things because i knew i was called mm-hmm. the lord called me when i was 19 to preach in season and out of season Amen. he gave me a very specific you know calling and i was like oh my gosh that means i'm gonna have to talk <laughs> and i thought how could i ever do that how could i ever speak so when um, did you really really deal with the root of the fear the root of it I would have to say probably in my late 20s. It, it, up to that point, I was kind of battling with it. Now, was there somebody that guided kind of you in this? with it. Um, a lot of people, I have to say, did help me with it. Dr. Alice Bennett helped me a lot. The Lord brought her into my life, and, and uh, I tested her. <laughs> and she could tell you some stories, but I, it, but I could trust her, mm-hmm. and 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 her and my husband did a lot of ministry for me that was very private, and and very gracious and very merciful, and helped me look at some things that had happened in my life instead of just trying to brush them under the carpet mm-hmm. or say, well, this isn't really bothering me that much. I knew something was bothering me. I knew it was bothering me. 
And the Lord said, you know, you've been offended. And it made me touchy mm -hmm. in some areas. It made me sometimes, I think, get mad at my husband when there was no reason. Or other things would just go and I'd feel rejected all of a sudden. And I'd think, why do I feel rejected? You know, it doesn't make sense. And, and so the Lord was teaching me about myself, but also showing me that the once you're offended, it just affects you in so many ways and on so many levels. And sometimes we really don't get it. We really don't get it. We just have an emotional response. And later we'll think, well, gosh, Lord, I didn't, why did I do that? I wish I wouldn't have said that. Why did I even think that? What was happening? And, and that's kind of what I learned about myself was, um, yes, you've forgiven people, but, but you need ministry for that wound. And you need to open up so I can get into that and I can heal that wound. I and can. so what did you do? Oh, gosh, it was a lot. I have to say it was a lot. I, you know, I kept myself in the word, but I really feel like that was all the grace of God. You know, I'd like to say it was some great thing I did, but it, it really wasn't. I, I just thank the Lord all the time that he just kept bringing helpers to me. He kept bringing ministers to me at the right time. And your diligence, too, in keeping with the word. I have to and... say, I was, it, there was a determination mm -hmm. that I, I really don't understand. And mm -hmm. I think partly it's, it is because I'm called. And, and mm -hmm. that calling kept pushing on me. Mm -hmm. I had four kids. You know, I continued to minister with four kids. I would minister to people while I was changing a diaper. <laughs> I learned how to prophesy. I could change a diaper and I could finish a word or I could finish praying for somebody. I learned how to do it within my life, you know. Amen. And I, I probably my children think it was kind of a strange life, but it's the life they had. <laughs> well, you know why you were a living, um, let's just say living um, example of the word because you did it not only at church, but at home with yes. your children. I had to. And that is, that is, I think, that where God wants us to, to be like. He doesn't want us to just go to church on Sunday and then, you know, just use our gifts or evangelize or witness to people just on Sundays, but everywhere we go. I think so, too. It doesn't matter everything we do. And something about that, even saying that, Marina is mm -hmm. just so I think it's so what the Lord wants mm -hmm. he says I came to give you an abundant life mm -hmm. well an abundant life doesn't mean just two hours like you say on Sunday right that I'm really spiritual or I'm really plugged in or well I got the word today exactly he wants you <laughs> to live it you know but there yes he wants us to live it because that's where really most of our life is mm -hmm. most of our life is exactly and there's there's opportunity to fellowship with him in our everyday life and he wants to help us enjoy our life i really feel like that's something that the church is maybe missing so dr kathy what does god say what does his word say about offense his word actually says a lot about offense you know it even talks about sexual offense uh, with the story of Tamar and what mm -hmm. happened in the Old Testament. 
There's different things that happened that we can kind of glean from and say, okay, this is, this is you know, what God is doing. But we see that Jesus talked about um, forgiving one another so much. And uh, I'm always reminded of that story, I think it was Peter, that said, how many times do we need to forgive? Like seven? Seven times? Mm -hmm. You know, they're feeling all righteous, you know, or we should really say (laughs) self-righteous, about being able to forgive someone seven times. But Jesus said, no, we need to forgive 70 times seven. And I don't think that means if I have to forgive someone 494 times, then I don't have to anymore (laughs) because I've gone past that number. Some people, we actually need to forgive more. There was uh, some people that the Lord had me forgive every day. He'd have me get up and forgive this person that had assaulted me. Mm-hmm. And as I forgave, which really is a supernatural act, forgiveness isn't a normal thing to do. We really need the power, I think, of the Lord to be able to really do it. And, Absolutely. you know, it's something that Jesus did. The world talks about it, but they don't know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. They really don't. And we have have the entirety of it. And and I believe the Lord wants us to understand how, how deep that really is to the point that we can be forgiven or we can forgive someone and we can forget. Because the word says forgetting what lies behind, but pressing on towards the high calling of Christ Jesus. And and that was an answer to one of my questions. Lord, these things happened to me. How can I ever get away from them? They're just part of my history. So how did you really and genuinely forgive um, the people that really wounded you? Because you talked about forgiveness and we sometimes think, okay, yeah, we forgave them. Yeah, I I forgive you, but then you turn right. around and you still are angry or you still are bitter. What yes. is the process of true forgiveness? And Well, that just showed me that I needed to forgive again. If okay. there was still sting in the okay. memory, mm-hmm. if I had something flash in my mind or I'd see that person's face or... or you have some negative thoughts. Yes, I'd have a negative thought that kind of led to that person. Mm-hmm. I think, how did that get attached to that? Right. Well, sometimes everything kind of attaches itself. And if you have a personality where one thing attaches to the next thing, mm-hmm. to the next thing, to the next thing, and all of a sudden you're in despair or you're really depressed, it's because there needs to be some cleaning done from right. the Lord. There needs to be some forgiving. And and I think that when we forgive, there's also this part of where we say, I am releasing my judgment of you to God. Because there is a part in us, in our flesh, mm-hmm. that continues to want to judge, judge the person. That is so true. That, you know, assaulted us or offended mm-hmm. us. We think, well... I'll forgive you, but you don't really deserve it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's just how we are. And the Lord made me very alert to that. He'd say, well, you still want them to suffer. And if I get into a mode where I realize, yes, I'll forgive you. I'll be all, you know, look all super spiritual here. 
But if I still want you to maybe get it mm-hmm. in some way, <laughs> right? then I know there's something not quite right in my heart. And, and the scripture is very clear in Hebrews 12, 15, that says, see to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many are defiled. And so if we are not forgiving, and this is really kind of kind of a test. This scripture is a test. If I'm still bitter towards a person, I still kind of want to complain about them or I want to tell you about some of their worst traits. Mm-hmm. Then I, I've got some bitterness in there. And the word here tells us that it's going to spring up and cause us trouble. And right. the thing that I've seen with bitterness is it spreads. Mm-hmm. It just spreads. You might think, okay, I'm just going to keep it over here in this garden. But it's like a weed. It'll <laughs> it come gets, out. It gets out. Yes. It eventually will it come eventually out. It eventually comes out. And I used to call it kind of like the boomerang effect. Like you throw <laughs> it as far away from you come as back you can. <laughs> It'll come back and whack you in the head somewhere else. <laughs> and you go, okay, Lord, I see what you're saying. This is still a bitter me. It's true. And one of the things I learned is that when he's saying, when you come short of the grace of God, it's, it's really saying, I'm not, I'm not uh, receiving all of the grace of God that I need. It's not saying, you failed. <laughs> You're failing, you know. Um, it's saying, I, I'm not taking in all of what God wants me to take in. And if I really take in grace, then, then I, I see in myself where things just kind of wash away. Mm-hmm. They just wash away. They wash out of our heart. They wash out of our mind. But if we're kind of holding on to it, we're kind of nursing it, rehearsing it, we want to talk about it to everybody. If you got to talk about your problem to everybody, you've got a problem. It's not resolved. Right. It's just not resolved. And, you know, it, sometimes it's just in the trenches saying, Lord, get this out of me. Right. Get this out of me. I don't want any part of it. That's and, true. You and, know, and, you know, when you were, you're talking about going to the Lord and not wanting any part of it, um, there was this um, woman that I met at church, at a different church, who showed me how to forgive because I didn't know how to forgive either. But what had helped me, and maybe somebody out there um, is listening to this, but... She taught me, she said, okay, you know, ask God for forgiveness. You say, okay, I forgive, and then say the name for, and then you state the offense. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, you could say, um, but bless them. Lord, bless them. Yes. So think- you want to, you know, ask for forgiveness, and you also want to bless them. I like that so much, because really, when you're offended, mm-hmm. that person has become an enemy. Mm-hmm. of your soul mm-hmm. and the lord told us what to pray for our enemies exactly to bless our enemies to bless those who have sinned against you mm-hmm. we don't want to do that exactly it's not normal <laughs> you know it's not it's not a way of the flesh and sometimes we have to say it several times several times <laughs> i mean i think i'm really slow in this area mm-hmm. honestly there's some people i i've had to forgive for seasons over and over and then, you know, I kind of feel okay about it. 
and then mm-hmm. maybe they do something mm-hmm. <laughs> and it starts all over again and I'll be like oh oh Lord right. I'm I'm falling back into this bitter bitter root I agree get this bitter root mm-hmm. out of me help me to learn new ways you know in Hebrews it says that Jesus gave us a new and living way there's a new way and sometimes we think, oh, I'm always been this way. I'm always this way. Mm-hmm. And it's just not true. It's a lie. It really is yeah. a lie. We're it is a lie. a lie. It's an we excuse. We need to say, I can be a new creature. Okay, I can learn new tricks. I'm older now, but I don't limit myself. I don't say, well, I'm older. I have to always do it this way. I say, mm-hmm. Lord, if you want to give me some new wine for a new wine skin then you change me. Keep me changing so that I can keep receiving and keep flowing with what God is doing. Mm -hmm. Or else we end up camping somewhere. It's so true. Oh, I really like the move in the 80s. I think I'll just stay there. It was really great. Mm -hmm. Then you have people that feel that about something that happened in 96. And, you know, then you got a 2006 thing and people want to camp there. But, you know, the Lord never had the people camp. If you even watch the Israelis when they were walking around the desert, they didn't camp very long. He kept them moving. And we need to keep moving in God, I believe, or else we get stale. It's so true. And, you know, we get comfortable, but we get stale. And God doesn't want us comfortable. I don't think he does. He always wants us to be moving, moving towards him. (laughs) When we were at our church, my husband and I, that's interesting you should bring that up, (laughs) because uh, the Lord spoke to me, and I was just kind of learning to hear from God then and learning the spirit and what was happening. And he spoke to me and he said, you can always stay here. You can stay in this church Mm -hmm. and you'll be comfortable. What did you say? That was it. That's all he said. And I started saying, what do you mean, comfortable? Right. What do you mean? I don't know if I like the sounds of that. Yeah. And and that's what kind of led to our adventure was that word. It was so, it, it, it was so strong. And I knew it was God. <laughs> and he was teaching me to hear his voice. It says, my sheep hear my voice and no others will they follow he will teach us to know and recognize his voice there's lots of voices out there right now some of them sound good but if you listen for a long time sometimes you find out oh my goodness the foundation of this is not good right and you can sit there and ask yourself okay is that voice from the enemy or is that god's voice right before you listen to it right or before you let's say react exactly it, and it's interesting in ways that that can be affected. Mm-hmm. Um, even when they first, uh, when the virus first was talked about, and they released this model that said all these people were going to die. And uh, someone had released it, I think it was on Facebook. I don't know if I can say that. But um, I read it and I said, Lord, this is not of God. And he said, Absolutely not. It was not true. But our leaders didn't know that. But I think um, fear mm-hmm. came, and fear has trapped us. Right now, we're kind of trapped. We're but, trapped by fear. 
but God God's has, get us out. yes, and his word says, um, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of Amen. power and love and sound mind. Amen. And we've got to decide, am I going to live in fear or mm-hmm. am I going to live in faith? Exactly. We have to choose. The Lord says we choose all the time. Choose you life or choose ye death. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you going to choose? Right. And I want to choose life. I want to do that. Right. And be decisive. Are we going to really choose to be, live in fear? Okay. Or are we going to choose faith, walking by faith? Right. And it is a choice. And sometimes it's hard, especially when everybody's kind of, you know, ganging up on people. We see that happening all the time out mm-hmm. in the public world, the world right. right now. But really, if you look at it, it's like um, the spirit of offense gone crazy. That's what's happening. Everybody's offended. They're offended by you doing this or not doing this. You thinking this or saying this or not saying this. Or something that maybe you were born into that you have no, no, no choice over. How tall you are. What ethnic uh, group you might have been born into. You don't have any choice in those things. That's all things that happen to you. And then people are trying to make people feel bad for that or guilty. or And that's offense. And that's from the enemy. And that's totally from the enemy. <laughs> he wants us to be offended <laughs> in one another. And even between Christians. Oh, I've been totally so surprised wants to divide us. I've been so surprised by some <laughs> of that. I'll be like, uh, aren't we on the side of Jesus? Exactly. What's yes. happening here? Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that it's so strong right now. Uh, but I feel like even in doing this show together today, the Lord is having us take authority mm-hmm. over the spirit of offense that's operating in the world, that's operating in the church, that we need to implement the things we've learned from Jesus. We need to forgive one another. I can't go on Twitter. I'm on Twitter, which horrifies my kids. But you can't go on there one day, two days in a row, where someone isn't saying, that's unforgivable. That person did this. It's unforgivable. (laughs) And I always tweet back, no, that's not the gospel. (laughs) Jesus can forgive and will forgive. We have to come to him, yes, but he continues to forgive. Nothing is unforgivable. If you had something in your past or something your ancestors did, you don't, you don't pay that price. Jesus paid the price on the cross mm-hmm. for all of us. He became sin, who knew no sin, that we might experience the righteousness of God. That's what Jesus did for us. And so if I'm going around judging people and saying, oh, they've done this, they're thinking that, judge, 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 I'm not doing God's work. I'm not doing, I'm not living like Jesus wants us to live. He wants us to be forgivers. I mean, we know the Lord's prayer, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Forgive us our trespasses for those that have trespassed against against us. Isn't that kind of a main point of the Lord's Prayer? That yes, we will be offended. We will be offended. But we have been given the tools so that we're not walking in offense. Right. And we need to do that. We need to do that, you know, in the church. 
for other believers. You see that all the time in the church. Sister so-and-so gets upset with this sister, Mm -hmm. and then they never communicate again. Mm -hmm. They just sit on their sides of the church, and they don't mix, and other people get affected by their bitterness. And that's not what the Lord wants us to do. I mean, even Paul, he told those two sisters, clean it up, work it out. (laughs) (laughs) You're not getting along, fix it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we need to communicate. And sometimes we don't take the time to communicate. Really take the time to work something out with someone. Because, you know, we're uncomfortable or we're, um, we're just so offended, mm-hmm. you know. And, and if we really take on the spirit of the world right now, we're going to have a lot of other problems. Yeah, and we're just joining in with the spirit of offense. Exactly. And that's not what we're not the Lord, the world. we're not of the world. Right. We're not supposed to get comfortable with it. And we're not of the world. That's what some of this cancel culture is. Mm -hmm. I cancel you out. Well, guess what? I can't cancel anybody out. You know, and you can't cancel anybody out that's their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. (laughs) Exactly. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Dr. Kathy Smades from Ahwatukee, Arizona. We are discussing the topic of offense, which can affect our relationship with the Lord and others. But there's hope in resolving this with biblical truth and God's principles. Dr. Kathy, what is the consequence of not dealing with offense? I think it can affect us on many, many levels. I think it can affect our health, Mm -hmm. that you can have physical problems uh, from bitterness. I think it can affect our mental health. Maybe we struggle with depression. Um, And people go through periods where things are difficult. I'm never down on anybody that has struggled in their mind. Because the battlefield, really, that we're talking about today is in the mind. mind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if you don't think there's a great battle over your mind, you're not quite in the know yet. Mm -hmm. Because once your mind is more free, uh, then the enemy can't can't, uh, isolate you. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens sometimes when we're offended. We get Mm -hmm. isolatory. Mm -hmm. We don't uh, mix with people quite as much. We might withdraw. I think people fall out of church and fellowship over offense all the time. And then they just get picked off by the enemy because we need to be in fellowship with other believers. We, it, it's something the Lord talks to about. It talks to us over and over. We see it in the scripture. It says to not forsake assembling together. Right. It, and, and especially, actually, that scripture talks about uh, in the last days <laughs> to not forsake assembling together. And you have tons of people say, well, I don't go to church anymore, but, you know, I, I watch it online or I do this. And, and I'm not saying that those things aren't used by God. I believe they are. But we learn how to work out our faith by being in relationship with other people. That's true. And we might not like it, but that's where the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. Am I forgiving the people I'm in relationship with or am I just like, assenting to it mentally it's very easy to say that and very much more difficult to have an you know a close uh loving conversation spending time 
really checking up on someone and seeing if they're okay. You know, and right now there's a lot of people that aren't okay. They they feel really shut down and people are starting to be affected in their minds more and more. And um, we really need a move of the Lord to help with this. That's so true. Dr. Kathy, um, how does the church or how should the church um, deal with offense? Well, I feel also always with mercy, mm-hmm. you know, to be very merciful. Because some people that have been wounded are hostile. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's how you figure out someone's real wounded. They're just hostile. And you'll think, wow, they're really, they're really kind of mean. They're really kind of sharp. I'm going to stay away from them. Well, the Lord's kind of taught me how to kind of go in softly, gently, <laughs> and, and maybe help restore them to greater relationship. And how but, do you do that? I do it kind of by the Holy Spirit. The Lord talks to me, and I pray for them. I pray for a lot of people. I'm, right. I'm an intercessor. So do you give them a lot of TLC because... They've probably been really wounded. I'm also sometimes very direct, but only when the Lord really shows me it's time to be direct. Mm -hmm. because Or when you've established the relationship, too. Yes, established enough relationship. Mm -hmm. Unless it's just a supernatural thing that God's doing. And I've been in many of those, too. That I've just walked into the middle of someone's really uh, bad wound. It happened to me in Amsterdam. One time I walked right into the middle of a conversation and the man uh, was very offended by the U.S. because he, um, all of his family was wiped out in the Holocaust and he was very angry and bitter about it. He was an older man at this point in time. Wow. And I was just in the middle of it. Right. But I I, I was very, um, I was very direct and I also, I asked him to forgive us as a nation. And how did he respond? uh, He cried. He actually cried. I said, I'm so sorry, Mm -hmm. you know, for some of the things that happened long before my birth. Right. It wasn't like I felt like it was my fault. Mm -hmm. But I I still felt like I was supposed to extend the mercy of God and and, uh, ask him to forgive, you know, my nation. I'm from the U.S. He traveled a lot in the U.S., but he was Dutch living in, in the Netherlands. And, and, and so it was a supernatural thing. So how did it end? Um, I really don't know. He okay. cried. Um, and then you just kind of separated? Kinda thanked us. Okay. He was on the bus. We were all on the bus. Wow. And, and uh, he was a wealthy man, but there's a lot of, a lot of public transportation, you know, in, in Holland. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was just an amazing thing that God did. But, Lots of times, you know, like I say, I I gain relationship, I pray for the person, and I trust God to minister. What advice can you give to pastors or leaders about offense in the church, and even outside of the church, maybe even at home, with their families? Well, seek the Lord. (laughs) We we always (laughs) got to seek the Lord. Because sometimes all of a sudden there's a problem in the church and we don't know why it started. And usually it started because someone's offended. 
They don't like how someone spoke to them. Mm-hmm. They felt disrespected. Right. Someone wanted them to clean up the kitchen, and they didn't want to clean up the kitchen, or asked them to be on cleanup duty, and they think, well, that's just because I'm. You're thinking I'm a lower person. I mean, these are things that happen in church relationships. And as a pastor, I try and notice these things. I try and be aware. I, I, make, I make myself as a person that you can easily come to. Mm-hmm. And I think pastors need to practice that. To be approachable. To be approachable and say, you can come to me and you can tell me if there's something you can't resolve. Now, I think people should really try and resolve some of their own things. Right. I think sometimes they ask pastors for too much. Mm-hmm. And you find out they haven't even tried to resolve it. They just want to complain mm-hmm. or they just want to moan about it. And, and so we just always kind of point them back to what they need to do. <laughs> right. And you have to have discernment, too, yes. of what really yes. is going on. And right? sometimes it's more, much more involved. Mm-hmm. Much, much more involved. Right. When I was attending this big church one time, uh, there was a bad thing going on. And all three of the people involved ended up coming to me. Now, that was just God. They didn't know me hardly at all. And they all came to me for advice and asked me what they should do. And I was just dumbfounded. And did you share what oh, of they needed to tell? Oh, okay. yeah, I did. Because it was an affair. Yeah. But everybody mm-hmm. involved in it came to me. Wow. And I didn't tell the other person, yeah, I already know about this because told me or mm-hmm. this person told me. It was God that put me in the middle of it to pray and to speak when I did. I didn't have to speak that much. I mostly prayed. And the Lord fixed it. Amen. The man went back to his wife and the other person involved was restored. Amen. And and I didn't do that much in it except pray. Amen. So we seek the Lord. Yes. He will show us what to do. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's just to pray. Mm-hmm. I probably pray 90% of what God shows me and speak 10%. I don't, I don't say what all I know. Right. It's, it's between me and God. Amen. Dr. Kathy... What are some words of encouragement you can give to listeners about offense? Um, Just quickly to share something to them. I I know a lot of them are listening, and some of it is just really tugging at their heart. They're probably having somebody in their minds right now that they are offended by. What can you give? Words of encouragement can you give to them? One thing I can tell you is I know Jesus, Jesus cares. And he loves you. He loves you. He doesn't want you hurting. He doesn't want you hurt. He doesn't want you kept captive. He doesn't want you under torment. And he will show you how to become released. It is his will for you to be at peace, to be at rest. And when we forgive and when our wounds are healed, we become more and more peaceful. And we become more and more happy and content. And we appreciate our life. We recognize the goodness of God. And he does all of this through his Holy Spirit. He loves you so much. And let's just let him today, through the power of God, through the power of Jesus Christ, 
that he might touch you, that he might restore you, that he might uh, deliver you if you are captive from every offense in your life. And we know that he can do it through his power and that he is able and he is good. Amen. Amen. Faith City Outreach can be heard daily, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. Arizona time and 7 p.m. Eastern time. Faith City Outreach thanks Global Women Christian Chamber of Commerce Embassy and Four Winds Ministries for being supporters. Psalm 117, praise the Lord all you nations, extol him all you peoples, for great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria as she interviews Christian pastors and leaders to discuss scriptures and topics affecting the Christian community and to pray for the nations. If you need to contact Marina Maria, please email her at fcoprogram at gmail.com. That email again is fcoprogram at gmail.com. Until next time, Marina wants to remind you from Matthew 6, 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The music used in this broadcast is used courtesy of Zapswat.com.